you are tuning in live every Monday through Friday, as I said, on YouTube.com, Facebook.com, both backslash DT. We're also on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com this morning. Podbean going out worldwide for the first time ever as we share that history with Christy Salters Martin and all of you. And of course, we're on wakeupcalldt.com. So with that being said, let's bring in Christy Salters Martin for Christy's Corner here exclusively on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Christy, how are you? I'm well. How are you this morning, Dan? I'm doing very well, Christy. And and we have a lot of stuff to get into, a lot of things to talk about. I know that uh, Kansas Hope House, uh, the event that you just had, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, and I know you wanted to talk about it. So let's jump in right there and get your thoughts on it. We had a great event Saturday night in Kansas City. Um, Kansas, we, we brought together, Christy's champs brought together the Hope House in Kansas City that is domestic violence shelter, and they have many, many different um, programs there for survivors and, and their families. But what we did, we married that with my other passion, boxing, the amateur boxing. So Kansas City Golden Gloves team came together. We put on six spectacular bouts and just married. Everybody started to understand why domestic violence awareness and amateur boxing programs can really benefit each other. And it, it was just a great night. We were at the Uptown Theater. Um, Cam Awesome was the commentator. He's, you know, a great amateur boxer himself uh, back in the day. And um, as I said, it was just an all-around great, great event. Lots of good bouts. And um, met, met a lot of really interesting people. And, and the great thing about, for me, being at those events, uh, usually somebody will get me over to the side and, and share their story with me. And, and I feel... I feel blessed that someone will trust me enough to open up and say, this is what did happen to me. This is what is happening to me. And, and I want to always be there and, and give them whatever strength, whatever support that I can, but to also put them in the direction of a place like the Hope House, because I know at that point they're in good hands. Yeah. You know, like you said, bonding two things that you're passionate about, two things that are important to you in, in speaking of domestic abuse, domestic violence, and at the same time, boxing. To marry those two together, people wouldn't always think, you know, Hope House and boxing could find a way to fit together and to be able to be interwoven. How did you find a way to tie them together? Well, that, that was the first thing actually they asked me to talk about on Saturday night was how I was able to join the, the two together. And Mary, uh, Mary Ann, she is the person that, that runs Hope House. So when I first said to her, let's do amateur boxing and, and raise money for, for both, both, um, both groups. And she was like, mm, Christy, I just don't know. How does boxing and domestic violence, how do they go together? And I started to explain to her about the, the dynamics of a boxing gym yeah. and how important it is that if we want to break the cycle, these are the, these are the young people, boys and girls that we need to reach out to. And, and as I talked to her and I even asked her, I said, look, if you have the opportunity to just stop into a boxing gym, you'll understand what I'm talking about because boxing gyms are families. The coach, you, you know, they're always holding the, the uh, boxers accountable. Like, are you going to school? Are you showing respect to your parents? Are you, you know, what are your grades? Not yeah. just, are you going to school? Are you, are you passing your classes? Um, so it, it really becomes a place where, you can feel that you're loved and some people at home don't always have that same feeling that they actually have love and support. So 
boxing gyms become families. And therefore, it just makes sense to me that domestic violence awareness and boxing easily go together. Yeah, you talk about, you know, some people don't have family. So boxing, going there and, and being a part of wherever people are, you know, when you go to the ring that they feel like they have a family, they have somebody that's taking care of them, somebody that cares about them, someone that's keeping them off the street, some of them that's maybe keeping them from going back home because home is not great. How does the ring become a place, uh, a sanctuary, so to speak, even though it, it is, you know, obviously a, a violent sport? How can the ring become a place where you can really feel safe and feel whole again? Well, there are rules. And, and to me, boxing in, in the gym and in the ring, that was my safe place. Yeah. And I feel like that I can, through my life story and my, my experiences, I can share that with other people and, and let them know that it can also be their safe place. And it can be, you never have to go in there and compete. If yeah. you just go into a boxing gym and do the workout, and as you become more physically fit, you also become more mentally fit and more mentally strong. Um, I always tell the story of if somebody sees their, their predator and they're out there looking at two different people, and one's walking down the street, shoulders slumped over, head down, and the other is walking with shoulders back and head up high, yeah. they're not going to pick on that person. They're going to pick on that person that they see as weak. Yeah. And so through the boxing gym, that's what you, you started to just build confidence. It's self-confidence, and it, it has nothing to do with physical confrontations or actually fighting. It's just about the self-awareness and self-confidence that boxing can bring. You know, and I love that and I appreciate that. And I applaud the fact that, uh, you know, you pay it forward. And there's so many different things we're going to talk about today in Christie's Corner with Christy Salters Martin, proudly presented exclusively by PB&J's Lunchbox here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. At Christy, you have been a beacon of hope for so many people and you've given people the, the reality that you can move forward, you can get out, you can get better. What does it mean to you sitting here today? Not only that you're alive, but that because of you, potentially somebody else is alive as well. You know, of all the uh, accomplishments and, and trophies and belts and stuff that you can get in your life, what means the most is that I am a survivor, but that I have helped other people. And as you said, given them strength. I mean, that that's some heavy stuff when, when somebody can come to you or comes to you or sends me messages through social media that because of watching the Netflix documentary, because of reading the book or just hearing my story with us here, yeah. that um, it's changed their, their world and maybe given them the strength to leave the situation that they're in or, or to reach out. Now they know there are people that they can reach out to. Um, it, that's heavy, and, but I'm proud. I'm very, very proud. That coming here from Christy Salters Martin and appreciate everything that we get to talk about. There's a lot of amazing pieces of today. And I do want to welcome Pat Orr into the building because she's here with us. So Pat, how are you? I'm good. How are you? 
Doing well. Happy to have you here. So Pat's here with us today, and uh, she she comes in. Uh, Pat, the owner of PB and J's Lunchbox, which Christie's Corner is exclusively brought to you by. So she is going to be here with us, asking some questions as we go, and as you know, different pieces come in. But Christie, I did want to get to a few things that are going on. I, I know you wanted to talk about David Benavides and uh, Caleb Plant, their fight that's coming up. So I know that that was important to you. So I'd love to head there next to get your thoughts on it. I just say for boxing, it's a great, great fight. And so many times, so many weeks pass that everybody wants to talk about there's a fight, there's a fight. But this is a meaningful fight. This is a the big fight. And, uh, you know, I think Caleb Plant's a good fighter, but I think Benavitez is, um, he's just built differently. I mean, to me, I, I don't ever think that Canelo will fight him. I, it's too risky. Um I really like him. This is a guy that I think brings a big, big shock back to boxing. People, the boxing fans, you know, they're paying to see people get knocked out. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't really want to see people just boxing. Pernell Whitaker was great at what he did. Uh, Floyd was great at what he did. But the fight fans still want to – they want to see Mike Tyson. They want to see people get knocked out. And so this is what I think Benavidez brings to the to the ring. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm definitely looking forward to what's coming up. And and we have something here, and I'm sure Pat will have some thoughts on this, but you're going to be, you're working with Don King once again. And I would love for you to share what's going on with Don King. You know, I'm just, I'm happy to be joined back with Don King Productions. Um, Don King is the best promoter that's that's ever done it. I, um, I'm excited. I was with him on Wednesday. I sat with him for three or four hours and we just got the game plan together of how we're going to attack the next year. And, you know, Don King Productions will be doing a fight every every quarter. And, um, you know, Trevor Bryant had a title. He wants to come back and, and uh, redeem himself. He had a very poor showing uh, when he had the big shot, but I think he understands. And now he wants to try to get back to there again to that point. Um, we have Ian Green, he is a middleweight that people, if you do not know who Ian Green is, look up his last fight on YouTube. That was the fight of the decade candidate. I mean, it's too bad that it wasn't out there on uh, like so Showtime or some kind of pay-per-view, Fox, that so a lot of people would have seen it because this this man brought it. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan. I told him after the fight that night he, he has a new fan in his corner. So I'm excited about what he's going to bring. To, to the boxing world um, as we go through this next year. Yeah, definitely excited about it and to see what, what's going to be coming here from you and Don King together again, which I know to a lot of people is music to their ears. Pat, what do you think about the fact that Christy's going to be back with Don King again? Uh, I think as long as Christy's in boxing and doing what she does best, it's going to be it's going to be good for boxing. Um, Don King needs to, to keep the action going, and I think Christy's the one that can do it for him. Yeah, you know, when you when you hear Chris, I mean, you shot a bunch of different things, Pat, and, you know, uh, photography-wise, you've gotten to see a lot of things through your lens. Uh, when you when you think about Don King and you think about Christy and their ability to both promote, because not just Don King, but also what Christy has done with her company as well, what should people know about an event that has Christy and Don behind it? Uh, usually it means there's going to be a lot of action. <laughs> Um, good fights and a lot of fights. I know whenever I went to Don King fights, there were so many fights on the card, um, and, and they never disappointed. 
Um, you know, there may have been one fight that, that ended in a surprise upset or something like that, but there was always action and there were always big names on the cards and the up and coming ones ended up being big names. So it was always exciting to go to Don King, Don King fights and stuff, you know, in Vegas, uh, I went to several of them and, uh, you know, from the press conferences, the weigh-ins up to the fights, um, there was always action, always people around a lot of celebrities. Uh, it was, it was good for boxing. And Christy, for you, I mean, Don, as you had mentioned before, you know, he he was there and, and gave an opportunity to you and, and helped you with your career. Uh, what do you want to say back to him? To, and you may have said it to him yourself already, but what would you want to say to him about his part in everything you've done? Oh, I think, you know, so many people want to talk about my fight with Gorgity that 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 really changed the world of women's boxing. But really what changed the world of women's boxing was Don King giving given us the opportunity because no other promoter at that time, no other, no other promoter was putting women fights on. And then to put a woman fight on a Tyson card, a pay-per-view card. Um, it was a, it was a great opportunity and, and people forget that, you know, a lot of people always want to say something negative about Don King, but he's done a lot of positive and he's put together some of the biggest and best fights for 30 years, 40 years. Um, and he'll continue to do that. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's and and you know he is larger than life, so you know when when you see him and and the way that he goes about everything, I mean he's an entertainer. At Christy, can you speak to that? I mean, who is he behind the scenes as opposed to in front? Is he larger than life all the time, or does he kind of just like mellow out when he's away from the camera? How would you describe Don King? Well, I think in front of the camera, Don King is definitely. Um... Uh, can hype up any any fight or any situation. He sell, can sell it. He's a great promoter. Um, but but when it's sitting across the table, business it's, it's business. It's a different a different conversation, a different voice, um, a different laugh even. Um, so he's a he's a great guy really to work with. And it's it's just too bad that so many people have so much negative that they want to put out there about him. And it's the people that are spewing so much negativity that have never worked with him a day in their life. They, they wouldn't, they don't even know who he, know him personally. So, um, you know, it's just too bad, but we're going to, we're going to do a lot of fun things this year, exciting things, bring some, bring some real big bang back to the boxing world. I think we need to break the internet and put Don King on here with you. I think we, <laughs> you know what, we, we can try. Like, the only problem is, he doesn't usually get up until like noon. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to have to do. He stays up really, really late at night. And then it's like yeah. noon before he gets up moving. Well, I stay up really late at night and so does Pat Orr, but we still get up really <laughs> early. So, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, Christy, but uh, Pat is, uh, she's a fan of sports, obviously, but she's a fan of Syracuse basketball. And a game will end at like, let's say 10, 17 p.m. And I won't get anything because well, no, panel panel text me like the last few minutes of the game. I'll get a message or two. And then there's an hour or two lull. And at midnight, she's in it just texting me long things about what's going on with the team and why is this. And she'll ask a question, but it's rhetorical because she has thoughts. Hey, has she done that with you before where it's like, okay, something ends. 
And she's like, okay, these are my thoughts initially. Then she goes home. She has a sandwich, probably from PB&J's. She (laughs) takes some time with it. And after she has that, you know, buffalo chicken uh, grilled cheese, she is in it two hours later. Have you experienced Pador giving you kind of like that little break period and then hitting you with all that knowledge? No, not really. But (laughs) Pat also knows that I go to bed like crazy early and get up with the chickens. So, um you know, she knows if, even if she texts me something late, my phone's off. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna answer her like when I get up with the chickens at six o'clock in the morning and she's still sleeping. So, um, yeah. But I mean, we have some really good conversations. Some sometimes we actually just talked about uh, Syracuse basketball and, and uh, Jim Beheim. And you know, when you're you're a winner, you're a winner. You've done nothing but win, and you, maybe you don't have that same kind of season. You know, all, all the haters want to come out on you, so. We did talk about that recently. Well, I'm going to let Pat have a moment in here because I I posted something yesterday. I posted it early. I was flying down to Greensboro, North Carolina, where we're live all week, Wake Up Call OTR, which is a wake up call on the road. And so we, in in the morning, I said, you know what? There's some things I have to say about Jim Beheim, and I need to just get it out. So I got these words out and they have been taken up by many people around the world. So I'd love to get Pat's thoughts and Christy, you can weigh in as well. Cause like you said, when you're, you know what it's like, right? When you're winning, you're winning and in any sport. And when you're not, people have a different opinion of you. And then when you start winning again, it changes right back. So I, I put up a lot of different things, but uh, the one thing I want to get to here is something that I said, I think I said it to Pat this past week, which is the reality is Jim Beheim is a prisoner of his own success. He created the standard for Syracuse men's basketball, which in my opinion is 20 plus wins and a sweet 16 or bust every year. If he doesn't get the team there, he's a failure to some because he didn't hit the level that he created. But the thing is, where would Syracuse be without that? Would they have known that level? How would Syracuse fans define, quote unquote, a good season without Jim Beheim? Pat, I love your thoughts. <laughs> my thoughts. Um, I think Jim Beheim has done incredible things for the city of Syracuse, let alone Syracuse University. Um, his charitable work and stuff is amazing. But the basketball teams that he has put on the floor and the players that have brought 20 wins a year, you know, we as fans got so used to 20 wins a year that, you know, it's a necessity now that he can't reach. Um, this year he had a lot of young players on the team and, and he, he rode the wave with them, you know, the ups and the downs, um, you know, people complain about the zone that he doesn't, you know, it's, it's a, it's not a good defense for, for NCAA basketball. Well, it's been a good defense for a lot of years, but there's better shooters out there now. You know, if you look back in the nineties, you know, the shooters weren't like they are now, um, these guys are like, you know, bionic biceps or something. I don't know how they, how some of them come in and make 18 three pointers against SU and we can't, we can't stop one of them, you know? Um, but I think that he's, he's going to have to make a decision soon so that he goes out on top instead of going out as, as being like, you know, a bad coach. Cause he's not a bad coach. He's a great coach and he's done remarkable things with players with limited ability um he lets players grow he lets them them you know go off the off the chain sometimes but um 
he's not he's not getting any respect right now and he's not going to unless he gets back to the 20 wins and gets to the NCAA tournament. Um, Syracuse doesn't accept not being in the NCAA tournament because it's a whole new season and they they expect him to be there and they expect us to have a chance. It's kind of sad what's going on right now because the ones that are that are hating it's um, they're bandwagoners. Yeah. You know, when he's good, he's great. Mm-hmm. And when they're not so good, he sucks and he needs to go. Well, you know, and the, <clears throat> the thing about that is, and as I said, he's a prisoner of his own success. Uh, the people that love Syracuse basketball, love Syracuse basketball, uh, <clears throat> seeing them in the tournament, seeing them get to the, I mean, how many coaches bring a team to the final four in multiple decades and on top once, let alone in multiple decades, showing that his message continued to get through in his plan that he had has continued to work with players throughout time. You have a championship in there, 1,100 wins. And I did some research on uh, Mr. Jim Boeheim as well as the other coaches in the world. There's only one coach that never had a losing season of the names that a lot of people know, and that's UCLA's John Wooden. Of the coaches that have had one losing season or less, Dean Smith and Jim Boeheim. Coaches that have had – Coach K has had four losing seasons. Jay Wright has had five. Granted, some of them you know, were at Hofstra before he got to Villanova. But Jim Beheim, nobody has won as many games as he has won in one school. He's the only one to do it at one school. He's behind only Coach K. And to do what he's done for as long as he's done, he put Syracuse on the map. I know that Jim Beheim's a big part of the fact that I can't go anywhere wearing a Syracuse anything without somebody going, yo, Cuse is in the house. So, you know, I appreciate that. And, uh, and you know, Christy, I'd love to get your thoughts on it because you know what it's like to be in the ring, right? And maybe people like you, you've talked about it before. There's fights where people want you to win. There's fights where people don't want you to win. And they're booing for, you know, booing you coming in. And and then when you're going out, all of a sudden they're a Christy Martin fan. So how do you, how do, how do you deal with walking into an arena with booze galore and then walk out and people going, I knew you could do it. I, you know, I, I was rooting for you from the beginning. Right. That's so, that's so true. Um, yeah. First of all, I, I am a Syracuse fan, box, um, basketball fan since Derek Coleman days. So um, yeah, what Jim Beheim does has done up there is um, remarkable. And he's a boxing fan. Um, he was the uh, grand marshal for the boxing induction. Um, Hall of Fame parade one year. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest thing that that, or biggest time that that happened to me was I walked into Madison Square Garden with the place going crazy for me. Oh, Christy, Christy, Christy. <laughs> and then Isra Gergra uh, fought a great fight. I knocked her down, but I, I still won the fight very convincingly. Uh, but I was booed at the end because she was tough enough and durable enough to take it. Um, so yeah, the fans will turn on you in a heartbeat, and I mean it's just part of part of sports. You decide to be an athlete; uh, that's what's going to happen. And it's a sad thing, you know. I always said with my personal team, we won, but I lost, and um, that's definitely the way it, it feels. I'm sure for Jim Beheim right now. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm down here in Greensboro to see him get after it again and to do what he can do. I mean, there's already people. It's funny. Somebody messaged me, a fan of the team, and he said, here's my list of coaches that that can take over. And I said, take over what? 
and he said for Syracuse, I said, are you trying to push the man out the building? He didn't quit yet. He didn't, he didn't leave yet. So, you know, I mean, but there's always that conversation and, and I have a good relationship with Jim. We've had a good relationship for over a decade. And from the time I came back to Syracuse, I've sat in his office, just me and him. And, and I feel like he's misunderstood. And at the same time, and you can also attest to this, Christy, when you're around the media long enough, and please understand, it's not just athletes and coaches, it's people that are in the media. I have to sit with them in a room and you have to sit with them in a room. We know that the majority of that room are vultures just waiting for someone to look a little bit dead so they can start biting on them. So, you know, with all due respect to Jim Beheim, I know that he doesn't have the best bedside manner that some people might want. But at the same time, I've been in that room for over a decade with him, listening and seeing how people talk to them, seeing them, seeing him, people smirk after asking him a question and the articles that they've written about him after. So I can understand to a certain extent why Jim Beheim is not the biggest fan of the media. And I can understand why some coaches and athletes aren't either, because telling the truth in the media is a lost art. I consider that to be my paintbrush, but I know that not everybody lives that way. And Christy, I'm sure you know that as well. Oh, it's very hard because as you, especially with print writers, you know, you can say one thing, but they can write something else. Um, One of the things with doing interviews, I like to do live because you can't edit it. And, and I may say something that afterwards I'm like, oh, shit, I should have said that. But at least I said it. No one, no one changed my words around. No one switched it around. No one made it sound like I said this when I was really talking about something else. Um, so, yeah, live is the best. And, and it is hard talking with print, print reporters especially because they will, sorry, you know, misconstrue. <laughs> What, what you said and, and oh, yeah. just one more word can change the whole meaning of, of your paragraph. So yeah, it's, 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 it's dangerous. Sound bites for a to... reason. <laughs> she said, she said it's called sound bites for a reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And that was a shameless plug for Christie's corner because you said live is the best and we are live every other Tuesday at 9am Eastern time exclusive on wake up call with Dan Tortora Christie's corner bi-monthly every other Tuesday with the champ, Christy Salters, Martin. Uh, Christy, before we get into rapid fire with Pat here, I know you wanted to talk about a few different things. Uh, one thing we didn't get to talk about the last episode that we did with this being episode three is that you are going to be in a movie, correct? Well, it's kind of like a biopic documentary yeah. uh, filmed about in West Virginia. So I'll be going back home in a couple of weeks to film. Uh, and now I don't have to go far. It's about a boxer. This is the only stretch that I'm a mother of this fighter, yeah. uh, but I was a successful world champion boxer. He struggled trying to be a boxer, but not quite making it. Now he has a son that's that's a good boxer, so he's kind of caught in the middle of his mother being successful, his son on the right track, and and yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I get to be the trainer. I, I'm a West Virginian, a trainer, a boxer, so I really get to go play me but I'll get to spend some time back home with my family and, and that'll be cool. So you are, what are you gonna say, Pat? Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. No, I thought, I thought you said something here. What I was going to say is, you know, this, like you said, you get to go home and you get to play you, you get to be around your family, Christy. Uh, th- I'm already excited to see it based on what you said, right? You're successful. 
you have a son who hasn't been as successful in it. And now you have a grandson who is successful. So like you said, the story of being caught in between while the family has had it and you're like, okay, did it skip a generation? What's going on? And and how is he going to deal with his son's success, his mother's success, but then trying to find himself through it all. And I'm sure you're both going to guide him there. So I am, I'm really excited to, uh, heck, if I had the opportunity, I would have written this one. So I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's cool. We're actually going to film um, by around the Tough Man contest, an actual Tough Man contest happening in Beckley, West Virginia. So Jerry Thomas, who's promoted me when I started in Tough Man, He'll be promoting the, uh, the event that we're going to be fil- we'll film at. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be cool. Back home, get to see my my family, my friends, and uh, then get to just kind of play me. So it's not a stretch, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I'm very I'm very excited to see it. And right before Rapid Fire, uh, Golden Gloves VR, we talked about this the last show. And Christy, this this virtual reality game where you can become the boxer has really blown up. And you and I were talking off the air about the fact that it's getting picked up in different places. There's a lot of things going on with it. You're one of the commentators that people can hear while they're boxing and playing in these fights. So I'd love to get your thoughts on an update from Golden Gloves VR and what's going on. It is just getting better and better and bigger and bigger. Um, It's getting picked up in in lots of different, uh, the whole video game world. And uh, actually, we're going to do a Christy Martin. I'll be one of the boxers on the game, as well as one of the commentators. So that's going to be exciting. But another uh, aspect of this, we're going to be able to do workout sessions. So like I can, you can log in and I can be your coach and it'll be live. It'll be like a virtual workout. So it's, it's that, that, that is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited about all the, all the, possibilities that that game is going to bring. So I can, through virtual reality, be trained by Christy Salters Martin. Yes. Yes. And we're using it with the Parkinson's classes. We're going to use it with the domestic violence shelters. And again, this is where I don't, I'm not talking about doing it as physical or competing against somebody. I'm talking about using it just for the workout to improve your self-confidence. It's not about fighting somebody. It's about working out and just physically becoming more fit and stronger physically, which makes you stronger mentally. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, doing my, you know, growing up, my mom would have videos that she would work out to. Right. And now this makes it more real because you're working out with us and through virtual reality, obviously you still have to move your body. So you're training us and through something that can maybe take people's attention off it. Cause some people don't like to work out cause they think about working out. So if they're in virtual reality, they're having fun, they're boxing, you're there. Then now they're living in a world where it's fun and it's exciting and they don't really realize how much work they're putting in initially. And then hopefully they fall in love with it. And I love that you're doing it with Parkinson's because uh, my adopted grandfather, who's up in heaven right now, my pop Pandozi, uh, he had Parkinson's. And obviously uh, I got to uh, this past year with Superpowered Pop, got to be around Michael J. Fox. So I appreciate the work you're doing with that. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, we're and we're big supporters with Ryan Roach, who is in, in the Boston area. He he does a great job with the park punch for Parkinson. So, yeah, yeah, we're you know that's it. God left me here to make a difference, and that's what I'm trying to do. God left me here to make a difference, and that's what I'm trying to do. It doesn't get better than that. And now we have rapid fire. So Pat, you get to. So we're going to go round robin. We're going to go forward and backward through the group here. Pat, you get to ask Christy. Christy asks me, and then we'll go back. 
in this edition of Christie's Corner, episode three, exclusively on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, bi-monthly on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time, proudly presented by PB&J's Lunchbox, 6630 Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. If you know what's good for you, trust the champ and get yourself that buffalo chicken grilled cheese. And if you trust me, I, I think I've ordered half the menu at this point, but I would say the barbecue chicken quesadilla. And if Pat's there, have her make you some nachos. The tuna melt's fantastic as well. The chili. There's so many great things at PB&J. So, Pat, you got the first question for Christy. Thank you, Dan. Um, Christy, I, I'm going against two questions here. I'm not I'm not sure which one I'm going to throw at you. Um, I think I'm going to go with the second one. What was the most fun year that you had at the Boxing Hall of Fame induction? And what generation of boxers did you enjoy listening to their stories during the weekend the most? Well, the best year, this with with hands down, the best year, well, I don't know. I guess we could talk about sections, but I think the best year that I went to the Boxing Hall of Fame was the first year, 1996, uh, because I got to meet so many legends that first year with Carmen, Gene Fulmer, uh, Willie Pip. Archie Moore, I mean, Bob Foster, the list goes on and on. So, and those were the guys to sit and listen to, to them talk about training, to them talk about fighting each other. Um, it was amazing to me. Uh, you know, Angela Dundee was there, uh, Lou Duva, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable stories that I got to, got to hear from those guys. And um, yeah. It's very special. It's it's too bad. The Hall of Fame now is not really taking place right there in Canastota at Graziano's and, and um, you know, everybody right there on the grounds. It's over at the, the uh, Turning Stone, which is great for the Turning Stone. But, yeah, it was those days when it was smaller and, and more concise was better, in my opinion. Yeah. I like that. Christy, what do you got for I me? I agree. <laughs> so – I'm going to way put you on the spot. So we're talking mm-hmm. about Syracuse basketball. Yeah. If Coach Beheim were to retire, who would you put in as the next the next one? So the next head coach of Syracuse, uh, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. I <clears throat> So through time, I, I've thought about some things, and I know people think Matt Langle, who is the head coach of Colgate. And I think the reason why people think that is because he's beaten Jim Beheim twice in a row. I don't think people would even consider Matt Langle if he hadn't done something like that. So I know different names have come up in time and I, and I respect Matt Langle. And I think he kind of laughed it off because of, you know, just people being fake fans for a minute. But if it was up to me, <clears throat> knowing the people that I've known over the years and knowing how Jim puts together a staff of Syracuse Orange basketball alumni, you know, I, I think somewhere in the future, maybe we'll see Jerry McNamara be a head coach. Uh, Alan Griffin, I spent a lot of time with him. I, I know he's been an assistant for a while. I, I don't know if he if if he would want to be a, a head coach, uh, you know, I, I would have to talk to him more about that. But I know that Adrian Autry and I have had conversations about this years and years ago. And a lot of people don't know this. They think they're all assistants. He's the associate head coach. And what that means is if Jim Bayham gets sick, if Jim Bayham gets kicked out of a game, if he gets suspended, then as, as Adrian put it to me years ago, I get the clipboard. And so he is the right hand to Jim Beheim right now. And he's also been responsible for bringing in a lot of NBA players 
to to Syracuse. A lot of guys that went on to the draft went on to be successful in the NBA. They give a lot of credit to Mike Hopkins, but it was Mike and Adrian. And what Adrian's been able to do, I mean, I remember he flew to to Slovakia to see uh, Marek Dolajai and his dad. And he was the only one that did that. And he told me in advance, he was like, don't say anything. I'm going overseas. I'm going to go see this kid. I think I can get him. And I kept it to myself, which 99.9% of the media wouldn't have done. And uh, he, he and Marek told me afterwards, he said, you know, I had some coaches call me. He was the only person that came to see me and my dad. So, you know, Adrian's a special type of person. He's a special type of recruiter. He deserves the opportunity. He deserves the chance. And no interim, no give you two years, see if you're good at it. I think Syracuse needs to do the right thing and let the man who has stayed there for a very long time, I think the second longest next to Mike Hopkins, to give him an opportunity to be there and to be the head coach. He is a – I would love to see what he does to motivate as a head coach. I love what he's done as an assistant and as a recruiter, and I would give it to Adrian Autry because, as Dabo Sweeney said to me this past year, he said, you know, here's Clemson Tiger, multi-time national champion, who's also a big believer in God. He said to me, when he, I asked him, I said, why did you promote from within? You know, you promoted two guys that were assistant coaches to be offensive and defensive coordinator. Why did you do that? And he said, well, it's simple. He said, a lot of people have questioned me. A lot of people haven't liked it. But he said, when you have people in your business, in any type of business, and they're worthy of a promotion, and they've done the work and they've done what they needed to do to get the promotion and you don't promote them from within, you destroy the culture of your business. And so he believes in promoting from within when someone deserves that job. And to keep that same motif going, that's why I would give it to Adrian Autry because if you don't give it to Adrian, you are destroying your culture and you're also destroying everything Adrian's done over the years by telling him that what he's done was enough, but he wasn't worthy. And I don't believe that. So, Adrian Autry. Good answer. Thank you. So, I'm going to go to Pat. Hmm. All right, Pat. You know what? Christy asked me. You and I have talked about it, but I never firmly sat down and asked you thoroughly on this. Who would you have as the next Syracuse coach? I wouldn't mind having Adrian Autry as coach because I think that he definitely has put the work in. And I think he has a really good rapport with the players um i think he's motivating and i think i think they would respect him i think one of the problems with jim Beheim and the younger generation that comes in you know you'll see him talk to judah mintz and judah mintz will walk away you know and that's really disrespectful and i think that's one of the things that jim Beheim is lacking now is like the respect of from his players and I mean he definitely lacks the respect from fans um, because if he does anything wrong they're on him but I think that um, I think Adrian Autry is a I think Jerry McNamara Jerry McNamara with him would be great because I think both of them have really put their time in along with Griffin and I think the three of them together would would be a whole new whole new generation and a whole new atmosphere and I think that's what Syracuse needs the most. They need a winning atmosphere and players that are going to commit 200%, not 
because I think what we saw this year with the four four game slide um, was a little lack of effort on the defense. A lot of people standing around, and if you're playing a zone, you can't stand around. You really gotta you really gotta bust it bust it out there to to stop people. And I think with the amount of threes that were being made, um, that defense just wasn't just wasn't working. But um, I think Adrian Autry wouldn't be a bad one. Uh, if I had to go outside of Syracuse University, I would probably bring in the Villanova coach. Yeah, I, I think his personality is is good with young people, and I think he can motivate them. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up Jay Wright because Jay Wright, you know, he he, I was with him last year at the Big East tournament around this time. And seeing him out there, uh, he, I did not anticipate that when I interviewed him, that that would be, that he would retire right after. And so he's kind of like retired early and I don't know if he's completely out of it. I never thought he would leave Villanova, but now that he's retired, he would be a good phone call to make for sure, because he's now got time to think about it and the fact that he hasn't been out there. So, uh, so that going to Pat, Pat, what's your question for me? Um, well, I, I was fighting with two questions for you too. Um, the first one was what's going on with the red Mustang you posted on Facebook? Is it a purchase or a midlife crisis? And my other question was, who's the worst person you've ever interviewed? But I don't know if you would reveal that on. Yeah. So, so the Mustang is because God is great. And, uh, so I had a really cool thing. So I got into Greensboro And as I'm coming through the airport, I was just about to the rental car place. I'm walking down. I'm on like the last couple steps. And I hear Daniel Tortora, could you please come over to Delta? We have a special message for you, Daniel. And I was like, God, you know, it was like it was (laughs) such a weird. It was, you know, to hear my name like that. So that was. Yeah, God, mom. So, uh, yeah, so it was really uh, that was really cool. And so that happened. Then I went over to the rental car place and the guy looks at me and he goes, do you want a sports car? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, and he was like, "Okay, we can give you a Challenger or we can give you a Mustang. And I looked at him. I knew what I wanted, but I said, you choose. And so the lady and the guy were there. She hands it to him. She goes, you choose. And so he chose for me. And then he came over to me. He didn't say anything. He went through the whole process. And then as he handed me the keys, he said, your red Mustang will be waiting outside for you, sir. And so, yeah, so I got I got the Stang. And I'll tell you this, which I didn't know. When you shut the door on the Mustang at night, it leaves a Mustang logo on the ground that's illuminated. So I'm just saying right now, uh, I'm very excited. And I get to roll up to the uh, ACC tournament in my Mustang, which is pretty sweet. So I do like the Mustangs, not a purchase yet. And uh, worst person I've ever interviewed. I, I've had over 4,000 people on the show, and I got to tell you that pretty much everybody's been nice. There was a couple guys at Jets camp that I'll leave unnamed that were rude, and I don't know why they were rude. And, uh, and I guess I, I don't understand the, the reason for it. Maybe it was ego at the time. Maybe they were just hot. They had a bad day. But I, I usually go back to that moment and say, like, why would you be mean? And some of them were mean to the fans. But, you know, the, they're not there anymore. So 
I guess we can leave that. And one of the guys follows me on Instagram and likes my posts. So good for him. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I wouldn't say anybody's been horrible, but but I will say that there was a couple days at Jets camp in SUNY Cortland where I think guys were a little overheated. So thank you for that. All right, Christy. Hmm. Christy, if you took over wake up call for a day, who are the three guests that you would interview? Wow. I would have Don King. Okay. For sure. That would that would be Don King. Um Mike Tyson sticking with the boxing theme. And uh my mother. Okay. I like it. Don and King. Don King, Mike Tyson, and your mom. And now that you've said that, we need all three of them to join us on Christie's Corner. So you got to figure that <laughs> well, out. My mom's probably listening. She's actually at Dallas right now. So she's uh, hopefully she's listening. I love you, Mom, if you are listening. Shout out to Mom. Love you too, Mom. Yeah. Shout out to Mom. We all love you. Pat, Christy, and my Listen, I know when there's, when there's a smile from a daughter or a son about a good mom. So Christy's got a big smile over here. That means that Mom must have done something right. So... Shout out to you, mom. Thanks for raising Christy and thanks for, you know, making her as strong as she is and being a part of that to have her here today. So shout out to mom and all the good moms and good dads everywhere. Christy, you have the last one for Pat. I love that we got to celebrate moms today. That's so cool. Thank you for that. What do you got for Pat? Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, Who would you say is the worst attitude that you ever encountered at the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Oh boy. <laughs> um, there might have been a few, but I don't know if I should really name them. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I set you up easily for this answer. Yeah. <laughs> You're not thinking. You're not thinking like we're not on the same wavelength. Like and I, I thought for sure you would come right back with. Yeah. Well, let's see. I'd have to the say that person, it doesn't have to be a boxer. It could be just a person with the boxer. <laughs> She's really trying to get that answer out. I don't. I don't know if I'm really going to know that. It's too early for me for that. I, I would have to say I, one I of the worst. Sure that I thought easily Pat was going to say Jim Martin. So yeah, <laughs> I put him out of my head though. But yeah, he he was the worst by far he um he definitely didn't like me and he definitely was not easy to deal with um so i don't miss him at all he he can never come back that would be a that would be a godsend um but some other attitudes i say i would have to say clarissa shields because she needs to be a little bit humble Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that aren't humble and they come in there all cocky and and stuff, um, it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of tough to deal with. Antonio Carver was tough to deal with the first time he came, but after that, he was you know more humbled and like, wow, this is cool. Um, so it's it, it, I try not to remember the ones that are bad <laughs> <laughs> there you go. because it's a real it's a it's a great it's a great event. And just seeing all the fighters, seeing all the different personalities. Um, I asked you about the generation thing because the old timers were freaking awesome. Um, you know, Bo Jack, Kid Gavilan, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali. It, it was amazing that Muhammad Ali had 
you know, the the medical issues, but would come back to the Hall of Fame five, six years later and would remember people, you know, and and shake their hands and, and all that. So, um, you know, that's the, the old timers were great. The younger ones, they, you know, they need to be a little more humble. They aren't as great as the old timers, really. So I, I guess I would kind of go with that. But by far, Jim Martin was the worst. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree, and I don't know him, so <laughs> so I would say that. So that coming from Pat or the owner of PB and J's Lunchbox, six six three Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. Head out there today by the Thruway, Destiny USA, the Highway, as well as Onondaga Lake Parkway, centrally located for you. Christie's Corner with Christie Salters Martin, the champ here with us, the International Boxing Hall of Famer. Every other Tuesday at nine a.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Christy, the final word. you have anything else you'd like to share? You know, I just uh, remember everybody out there to to take extra notice of your coworkers, your family, your friends, your neighbors, um, whatever might be their issue, whether it be domestic violence or just anything going on in their life. Kindness is free, so don't don't be hesitant to share it. You know, you've said a lot of things today, a lot of great quotes. A lot, of, a lot of put it on the T-shirt and stare at it in the mirror, but kindness is free. Don't forget to share it. That is a perfect way to end it. Thank you to Christy. Thank you, Pat. And thank you to all of you for watching and listening. We got plenty more coming up here on Wake Up Call. Champ, thanks for being amazing. Thank you. Thanks, PB&J. All right. Thank you. We got a crunch wrap today for special. Come get it. Crunch wrap going on today on special and a lot of great things that are coming up at PB&J's, those, those boards that are going to have the mouthwatering food staring at you now. So I'm very excited for all of the awesome things that are happening at PB&J's. I got to eat there recently, and uh, I love the food as always. So thank you, Pat, for all that you do. And thank you, Christy, for reminding us that kindness is free. With thanks, that, thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Take care.